Hello everyone, and welcome back to another WDW Resorts Refuge Podcast episode. I'm here, I'm Drew, and I'm here with Dad. Hi, I'm Dad. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? Good, I'm good. We're, we're trying a little something different tonight, aren't we? Yes, yes we are. This is the first time we're recording when we're not in the same room. I know, it's nutsoid. So we'll see how the audio goes. Anyway, yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. So tonight or today or whatever, we are talking about the Wilderness Lodge. Basically, everything it has to offer. Wait. So, so first off, we're gonna start off with. First of all, it's themed off of Northwestern Forest Lodges. That's most, right. most specifically, the Old Faithful Inn at Yellowstone. Which hopefully we'll go see. Yeah, like here in a month and a half or so. All right, I'm excited. Yep, I know we got plans to go out there, so I'm excited too. Mm-hmm. I want to see Very that cool. one. It's well, I was kind of cutting you off here a little bit, but it's based on that one and and a few others that we might be able to see as well. Cool. At Glacier National Park, there's two others that um, it's kind of based on as well. So hopefully we we'll get to see a few of those. Hopefully. And so that was that was um that was what it's based off of. And so the Wilderness Lodge itself opened in nineteen ninety-four. And what I find interesting about this lodge is that the lobby is made of eighty-five loads of lodge pole pine and shore pine from Montana and Oregon. Yeah. It's not only and so based it's, up there, it actually is from there. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's neat. And so if you laid out the timbers from end to end, they would reach 40 miles. Dang. I know, right? Yeah, that's, that's cool. So, I mean, I guess that's why it's so big. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so there are there's a main post holding up the roof. In the lodge. Okay. It's in and the lobby. So, yes, in the lobby. Okay. Yeah. So this main post is said by Native Americans to not only hold up the roof, but also hold up the heavens. Oh, that's neat. So, so similar, I guess, then we'll hopefully see similar in Yellowstone when we go. All right. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And so the lobby itself is eight stories high, which is pretty yeah, cool. It's, it's so and impressive so, when you walk in it. Right, exactly. And so if you look on the floors in the middle of the lobby, there's a, an interesting design, like a little diamond shape, and then there's a bunch of stuff 
radiating from the diamond shape. And so that is inspired by Native American creation story. It kind of looks like a, um, a, a pyramid almost, uh, bigger at the base. And uh-huh. then as it gets to to the middle, it's almost like it has a, a almost like four pyramids. And then they all come towards the middle. And as, as they start furthest out, they start big. And then they get smaller and smaller as they go towards the middle to exactly. kind of meet each other, but not really. Right. And there's four of them. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so, and so that's part of the native... Uh, um, Native American street, but there's also a geological story in this lobby. So, okay. if you go over to the fireplace, this 82 foot tall fireplace. That's insane. It's huge. 82 feet. So, uh, what, Cinderella's Castle's 189, something like that? So, yeah. Okay. About, what, a third? Yeah, I mean, in comparison. A little more than that. Cool. So this 80 foot t- 80 the 82 foot tall Grand Canyon fireplace is meant to mimic the rock strata of the Grand Canyon. And so what's interesting is that so it's from the second floor up it mimics the rock strata. So from the second floor to the seventh floor, there are traces of remnants of fossils from the different eras. So oh, like, each floor. Okay. Each floor has a different era, so each floor, one floor has the Jurassic, one floor has the Cretaceous, etc., etc. That's awesome. So it's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so, if you look closely enough, you might be able to find some, uh, some fossils in there. That's sweet. So, I mean, the Grand Canyon's been around for millions, know, millions of years. years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean. There were real uh, dinosaur fossils out there, right? So we're just kind of replicating that here. Yeah. Give you a little taste of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, that's that's the main lobby. And then, so I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a little creek that starts in the uh, starts in the lobby. Yes, uh, in the back of the lobby, uh, kind of mm-hmm. towards the, the wall of windows. Yeah, basically. There's a little, uh, well, actually, it's more of a spring than a creek at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this is where it used to be called the Silver Creek. I think now it's called, like, the Copper Springs Creek or something like that. Oh, I, I always knew it as the Silver Creek. I didn't know that they changed it Copper Creek. Yeah, well, they changed they changed the pool to the Copper Creek name. So I only assume it, they changed the creek to the Copper Creek name. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. So I'm going to call the Silver Creek, though. Okay, I like it. Yeah. So so that's the that's the headwaters. That's where the Silver Creek starts. And so according to... The backstory of the Wilderness Lodge, which hopefully Dad will tell us later. Oh, yes. Good. And so, according to the story, it flows down from the lobby, down the lodge property, over Silver Creek Falls, and the, which is now called Copper Creek Falls, into the Silver Creek Springs Pool, the Copper Creek Springs Pool, and then down into Bay Lake. 
Yeah, I love that continuity as it just starts at the top. Even mm -hmm. though I think you're going to say something about the continuity, but when you're there, I mean, it, it, it flows from the top all the way down into the lake. Uh, that's what you visually see as you're there, and it's one continuous stream. However, <laughs> not however, the creek itself uses three different water systems, which I find is very interesting. It is interesting because it looks continuous. I know, right? So I think it's one. One of the systems is from uh, is from the the spring down to the bridge. And then so the the lobby, the spring, the, the big right. down yes. to the bridge. Okay. Correct. And then and then down and then from bridge to the pool is another system. Okay. And then from the pool to the lake is another system. Oh. Okay. Does it flow into the lake or like right before the lake? Kind of I don't remember. I don't remember either. But yeah. But that's the it's idea. As it as it starts at the spring, goes into the bigger body of water. Right. Down exactly. Cool. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so another cool thing about the lobby, well, sort of, is that you can ask for Hidden Mickey Scavenger Hunt at the front desk. Wait, I love Hidden Mickey's. Yeah, we did this at. Didn't we do it at the Pop or something? We did the uh, Scavenger Hunt at. Pop Century Resort. We did the Hidden Mickey hunt at the Hilton Head Resort. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. There. Yeah, that was really fun. I really liked it. Oh yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Um. But also, you can not only hunt for Hidden Mickeys, you can hunt for the resort's mascot. Really? Yeah. So okay. the Wilderness Lodge is the first resort to have an official mascot. That's cool, I like that. And so, while, I, while I'm saying this, I want you to guess, see if you can figure it out. So, it's a cartoon bear that's found all over the mas found all over the resort. So what, what bear is a cartoon that's Disney? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Would Winnie the Pooh fit in Wilderness Lodge? Probably not. Exactly. <laughs> it, 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 uh, he had many adventures with Donald the Duck. Donald. Okay, Donald so they didn't the get along very well. No. Oh, was there a, uh, a park ranger, too? I remember a bear with a... Bear with a bunch of other bears, too. Mm -hmm. Humphrey. Yeah. Do you remember his name? Humphrey, exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So a little, a little on the backstory of Humphrey. So Humphrey first debuted in the 1950 short "Hold That Pose" as an unknown bear. Cool. Yeah. And so he reappeared in 1953 in "Rugged Bear," where Humphrey got his name. And then from there on, he was a recurring Donald adversary. And he showed in other cartoons from 1952 to 1956. That's very interesting. So that's interesting. And then in 1956, Humphrey got his own set of shorts. Like. Yeah. Um, and so, and so he had some shorts called Hooked Bear, 
and in the bag. And then also in the bag, uh, it introduced the Humphrey Hop. There's a little song. He's he's collecting trash, right? Uh huh. Yeah, with the with the poker in the bag. Exactly. There's, there's a song. I don't remember how it goes. Okay, I remember this. Yes. Yeah, it was the Humphrey Hop. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> And so what was interesting was that Humphrey was so popular, he was integrated into the broader Mickey Mouse cast and was in the appearance of the original Mickey Mouse Club show. Really? Yeah. That's cool. I, I like Humphrey. I'm, I'm a Humphrey fan. And I so, really like the one where he's picking up trash. That's, that's awesome. I know. I know, right? Very cool. <laughs> So, yeah, and you can see him outside the um, gift shop on the totem pole. Right, so there's a totem pole out there. It's got Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Goofy, and Humphrey. Humphrey, exactly. Okay. But, so, you can see Humphrey all around the resort in different places. Mm-hmm. But, I've never seen this before, but supposedly... If you go out the back of the resort, there's a shadow cast by the roof structure that is meant to resemble Humphrey the Bear. Really? Yeah. I have not seen this. Neither have I. <laughs> We've been there a few times. Um, That's why I said supposedly. Gosh, we got to go check this out. All right. Next time. All right. I'm so. going to need some pictures of it. All right. Very, very interesting. All right. We'll have to check it out. We'll have to report back. Yeah, we will. Um, but also, I don't know if this happens in the lobby or... Um, but it used to happen. I don't know if it still happens now. Uh, but during November, which is the Native American Heritage Month, Heritage Month two interpreters, Native American perform a ceremony at the resort to dry out negative energy and purify the resort for the coming year. Oh, really? Yeah. That's very interesting. Going going back to uh, Wilderness Lodge's heritage. Right? Yeah. Uh I mean, uh, yeah, just back all the history of the heritage. Yeah, that's amazing. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. A lot lot of Native American features in there, and then they just bring it all together. Exactly, exactly. Um, but also, not it doesn't happen anymore today, but there used to be a Silver Creek Star newspaper. Uh-huh. Which was given to guests as they enter, telling the backstory of the resort. That's right. They don't and have as that I, anymore. And as I said earlier, Dad could tell us the backstory of the resort. All right, so I'm going to read a little bit. I'll try not to be boring. All right. So, Silver Creek Springs, the history, um, it was a valley of exquisite beauty and amazing natural wonders, of course, located in the Northwest. Uh, The history can be traced back to one rugged individual who embodied the frontier spirit of that long time ago. His name was Colonel Ezekiel Moreland. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he first discovered the landscape. Uh, in the early part of the 19th century. And then later, along with his daughter Genevieve, uh, 
and soon to be renowned artist Frederick Alonzo Gustav, they all return to settle the area and make it their home. So you've got uh, Ezekiel, Genevieve, and Frederick Gustav. So you got the, these three these three people who who um, made this area their home. Um, which actually never really happened. Um, right. Obviously. So Silver Creek Springs exists. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not an actual place um, in history or geography. It's all made made up. Um, but the story goes on to say that uh, Ezekiel described this place as a tranquil valley along the shores of a splendid lake. It's perfect. Um, and he, um, so Ezekiel, I'll tell you a little, let me tell you a little bit more, more about Ezekiel here. So he was a veteran of the War of 1812. Yeah. So he was recently, uh, when, when he was living here, he was recently widowed. And um, he is a retired colonel mounted, and he mounted a westbound expedition in 1823. So similar to Lewis and Clark. So, you know, he's kind of on the Lewis and Clark idea, but, you know, maybe he went at a different time or so. He had about 50 or so people with him when he went out there. Um, but however, he was quickly met with disaster a buffalo stampede 10,000 hmm. buffalo destroyed oh nearly all, yeah i know right i've never known 10,000 buffalo but they destroyed nearly all their provisions um when they were 80 miles up the missouri river from their starting point okay um but they went back to st louis they started in st louis they went back to st louis and all everybody but Moreland gave up he was done all, everybody was done like hmm. we give up it's, there's there's no chance um, but he wrote a letter to his daughter Genevieve and he wrote this I take to the wilderness alone the good earth will provide me with everything I need to survive I have my gun, I have my courage and I have my determination what need I of anything else especially of cowardly scoundrels who turn ashen in the face of the smallest adversity smallest adversity? I would say 10,000 uh Buffaloes is not necessarily the smallest adversity, but that's okay. Not at all. So, two years later, he would emerge back out of the wilderness. He went out to the wilderness. He came back out two years later, and he sent for his daughter, engaging her with news of the paradise he had uncovered. Morlin had also become a wealthy man, having brought back from his travels a substantial collection of beaver pelts and other furs. Intrigued by her father's good fortune and unbridled passion, Genevieve, who was a young art curator, took a leave of absence and set out for St. Louis, where her father was waiting. Joining her as a traveling companion was the young Austrian artist Alonso Gustav, who wanted to capture in painting the new frontier. So then, so the three of them went back out there. Upon, upon arriving in the valley of Silver Creek Springs, Genevieve and Gustav found their destinies newly defined. According to the Silver Creek Star, Using the small fortune her father had raised from the fur trade, they brought out a crew of men from St. Louis and had a small lodge built near the freshwater spring. Jenny, Jenny, uh, Genevieve, Jenny, would remain in Silver Creek Springs for the remainder of her life. She established a private preservation area in her father's honor, where others could enjoy the natural beauty of the wilderness. The Wilderness Lodge welcomed artists, scientists, and nature lovers of all kinds over the years. As the number of visitors grew, the lodge expanded to accommodate them. 
Eventually, they added rooms that grew around the spring, making it part of the Wilderness Lodge. Interesting. And that's how it all began. That's such a detailed story that's all made up. I know, it's all made up, but based on uh, Lewis and Clark, really. But yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is more when you get into the, one of the restaurants. If you get into that, there, there's more about um, Gustav, Frederick Gustav. Correct. Yes, we will get into that when we hit that restaurant. Okay. So. But yeah, that is a very interesting story. It is. It is. Uh, it's yeah. So that's how it started all out in the Pacific Northwest in Florida. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, mm. the, you're sort of transported to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, I know, I love it. Yeah, that's. I hope. I hope after you listen to that, you have more appreciation for the Wilderness Lodge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and the and the, yeah. the, the history and the and the and the backstory. Right, right, exactly. And so, one of these things that Genevieve air quotes uh, added to this lodge to make it look cool is the light fixtures in the lobby. Oh, right. I don't Yeah, And so these light fixtures kind of look like Native American tents with buffalo and stuff running around the tent on like an iron ring. Hmm. So That's it's very cool. interesting. And, and then the bottom's kind of like a big dome with fabric on it and metal surrounding it. Right. So like it's upside down. No, that's not right. I, t- I no. take that back. <laughs> the tents on the top and then the domes on the bottom okay perfect yeah exactly i I know exactly what they look like yes and they're lit up and they hang up really high right yeah so they're very pretty and then another interesting detail is the fire extinguisher fire extinguisher yeah so if you ever go if you ever go to luminous lodge and go look at the fire extinguisher specifically by artist point Okay. It has a buffalo with a tree on it. Why? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay, specifically, it has the case has a buffalo with a tree on it. Well, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Huh. I guess that, I mean, they really, they really did a lot of their history around the buffalo. I mean, that's kind of what started the whole thing. It's true. It's true. So... Interesting. But yeah, that's 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 an interesting piece of. Uh... Yeah, I was gonna say, but think about it. I mean, the the detail that they went All into right. even goes down to the covers of the fire extinguisher cabinets. <laughs> they didn't leave nope. anything out. No. Nope. So it's very interesting. Yeah. And sure. also, in uh in the lobby. My one of my favorite restaurants, hopefully one of yours, is the Whispering Canyon Cafe. It is one of my favorites. I love that restaurant. And so, what's so special about this restaurant is that the waiters and waitresses can, are funny and potentially difficult. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. well, first of all, if if you need ketchup, they'll yell, "We need ketchup." And then the whole restaurant will get, like, and then you'll get, like, a bunch of bottles of ketchup. It's the entire restaurant of ketchup. I don't know if they act, if they do that anymore. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, it was really cool. So, yeah, that's, 
I really like that. And I've heard that if you ask for another fork, they, sometimes they'll get you a giant fork. I've heard that too. It's, it's never happened to me. No. No, but um, I ordered a Diet Coke. Uh-huh. And um, oh, yeah. it, came in, it came in a tiny glass. I remember that. It was on a diet. It's Diet Coke. So I got <laughs> tiny glass. <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then they throw the straws at you, which is really funny. That's right. <laughs> oh, and one time the waitress was like, I, I was I was saying please and thank you. And she's like, no, you got to order your food. You don't ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's funny. Place, yeah. mm -hmm. And so one of my favorite places, things to get at Whispering Canyon Cafe are the skillets, mm -hmm. which are very, very good. They have like multiple different skillets, which are delicious. Yeah, and it's kind of an everybody share kind of thing. Right. Exactly. And then one last thing I really like about it is that it's open to the lobby. Yeah. Which I really like. So. Good feature. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very generically themed, so not much on the theming. But the really, the really fun thing is the waiter, waiters and waitresses. So exactly. Well, yeah, that that and the food, and uh, so yes, I would say definitely, mm -hmm. I, it's a must do for us. Exactly. Exactly. And then the signature, well, not really a signature anymore. Um, but the highest end uh, restaurant they have there is Artist Point. Right. So it used to be a signature uh, before it turned into a character dining restaurant. And you used to have to have a dress code to go into the restaurant. Well, if they're going to tell me what to wear, I'm probably not going, but I'm sure it was delicious. <laughs> yeah, well, now it's a character dining with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, so, I mean. Well, that's fun. I mean, and they, they lived out in the forest, so that fits in pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, if you've ever gone into Artist Point, there's like, they have like trees growing out of the walls and onto the ceilings. Oh gosh, no, I've never been in actually. Yeah, so they have trees growing onto the walls and the ceilings, and it looks like there might be a little spot for you to go take pictures with the characters, like a little uh, character greeting place for you okay. to go take pictures with a okay. backdrop. So that's very interesting. And it looks like it's opened out onto the back side of the Wilderness Lodge. In, onto the pool area, maybe. Yeah, I believe that's right. So. There's a good, yeah, good, good view. That's, that's, right, right. Exactly. And another interesting thing I've, I find interesting is that uh, it looks like it might be some of the corners. If you look up. It kind of looks like you're on the outside of the hotel because it's got windows facing out. Nice. So, yeah, in uh, specific spots, but. Well, I believe we've talked about outside in. I don't know, right? Um, if it's outside in, it's good for me. <laughs> exactly. So, and so that's that. And. And another interesting thing, you're talking about details earlier, mm -hmm. is outside the restaurant, I don't know if it's there anymore, but there's a table 
with the stands underneath it, and it's got it's like a little tree lock thing, and it's got the seven dwarves walking along the tree lock thing. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's actually probably my most favorite detail in the resort. I love walking by that little table uh, with the little miniature dwarfs on there. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think, kind of, you know, back to Walt, too, because he loved the miniatures. All right. Yeah. Um, and so we got the little miniatures on there and the little miniature trees. And, and I think it and it ties Walt back into it, too. So that's so cool. All right. So that's I, uh, Artist Point. Do you have anything else to say on Artist Point? Of course I do. Frederick Alonzo Gustav. Do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about him. <laughs> um, so, um, Frederick. Um, he was with uh, Genevieve, who's also into art. Um, but they were hoping making... They were hoping to make names... He was hoping to make a name for himself as a painter. So, standing upon high rocks above the valley that Colonel Ezekiel Moreland discovered... Gustav knew that at that moment he had found his destiny. Hmm. He immediately unpacked his gear and set up his easel somewhat precariously on a rocky outcropping that provided the best possible views of the surrounding area. The Silver Creek Star newspaper related in an article what sub subsequently happened. No sooner had the brush touched the canvas than the ground began to tremble. The artist quickly grabbed his seat and managed to keep his easel from falling. After the tremors had subsided, he looked to the Colonel and Jenny and smiled assuredly. You see, Colonel, I am something of a frontiersman myself. Only the Colonel knew what lay in store. The tremor was only a warning. The explosion mm. of the geyser was sudden and swift. The sound of so much water being propelled to such a height was earth shattering. As expected, and unexpected, the easel, the artist, and all his supplies tumbled over the ledge. Gustav survived the fall, and despite its obvious dangers, the ledge became his favorite place from which to paint. The ledge soon became a favorite of other artists as well, such men as Albert Bierstadt and Thomas Mor Moran, who soon flocked to the area in search of the perfect landscape. Years later, when the lodge was finished, a formal dining room was built on the exact location and was aptly named Artist Point. And Interesting. Yep. And that is a great spot to uh, to stop for now, because we're out of time. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, but we will we will reconvene at a later date. All right. So yeah. Um. So this is gonna be a two-parter. Yes. Great. All right. It might be a two-parter combined into a one-parter. Oh. We'll see. Okay. Very good. Alright. So, yeah. Fun times. I want to I wanna talk about it more because I really, really like this. I know, right? Okay. So, we'll see you later. Okay. Bye, friend. Okay, bye.